0: was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zippah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel, which is another name for Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made him an ornate robe, made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word toward him. Verse 17, verse 17. They have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let's go to Gothan.'" So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. Amen? Amen. Go to verse 23. Verse 23. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. And as they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. The camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brothers and kill our brother and cover up his blood come let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hand on him after all he is our brother our own flesh and blood his brothers agreed so when the Midianite merchants came by his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Israelites who took him to Egypt. Amen. Amen. Keep your Bibles handy. Last week, God gave us the first Sunday, first Sunday, the first sermon for our new year. And in that first sermon that he gave us last week, he gave us instructions as to what he wanted us to do in order for us to move on. In the year of 2023, he gave us instructions on how to move on from the past and move on into the present day or into the future. And he showed us last week that there's no way that you can walk in God's blessings if you continue to live in the past. Remember? So, prayerfully, last week from last week's sermon, that you all did everything that God instructed you to do, as far as writing the uh, scriptures down and posting them around your house. And whether you did it or not, I'm not going to ask you because I'm just not going to go into that this morning. But when I asked you, or when God asked you to do that, it was not for pastors' benefit; Amen. it was for your benefit. Amen. So whether you do it or not, it, it's you know it's on you. But anyway, whenever God gives us instructions. God always wants to give us additional information in order to live out what he's called us to do. And last week, prayerfully, you gleaned from the message that what he wants for us in the year of 2023 is he wants us to trust in him. Oh, yes. God is, mm. this year of 2023 to me has come in like a storm. Mm. Mm-hmm. And if there's any time that you need to learn that in order for you to make it, in order for you to be successful, in order for you to be happy in this year of 2023, you are going to need to learn to trust in God. So the title of the sermon, and I, I know you already saw it in your bulletin this morning, that the title of the sermon is a portrait of trust. Mm -hmm. Which means that God wants to use an individual and he's going to use this young man by the name of Joseph to point a vivid picture of what it means to live a life of trusting almighty God. Mm -hmm. Now we're not going to be able to go into everything, but I'm going to be able to give you some points that prayerfully when you take these points and apply them to your life, the year of 2023 is going to be better. Now, I, I read the scriptures and you saw that I had to jump around just to get us to where God wants us to be. But I want you to notice that this young man named Joseph came from a dysfunctional family. He came from a dysfunctional family. You say, Pastor, why do you say he came from a dysfunctional family? He came from a dysfunctional family because his father favored him more than any of the older brothers, okay? Yes. There was favoritism shown in that family, and the father did more for him than he did for the other kids. And not only did he, was it a dysfunctional family because the father loved Joseph more, but it was a dysfunctional family because the father used Joseph as a tool to spy on the older brothers when they were not in the area. Do you we just read where it said that Joseph brought the father a bad report about his brothers? Did you see that? Yes. Joseph brought the father a bad so God, God, the father used Joseph as a snitch. To be able to tell on his brothers when they were not doing what the father told him to do. Now brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm just going to say this and I'm not going to beat this up. But parents, you need to be very, very careful of how you treat your kids. You need to be very, very careful of how you show favoritism over one child than another child. Because this uh, 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 scenario in Joseph's home was a recipe for violence. It was a recipe for hatred. It was a recipe for malfunctions of the family. What does scripture say? Scripture says that because the father favored Joseph more than the other children, that the other brothers, the older brothers, hated him. Hated him. Now you know that there was 12 children. So we got Joseph and we got Benjamin. Benjamin's younger than him. But the other 10, the other 10 brothers all hated yes. their brother. Scripture says they could not say a kind word to him. Why? Because he was raised in a dysfunctional family. And the problems that came in that family can look right back at the parents. And I know parents don't like to hear this and don't like to acknowledge that. But a lot of times we do things, think that we're, it's not going to make any difference or whatever. But it's going to affect our children for the rest of their life. Okay? So at any anyway, rate, Joseph came from a dysfunctional family. And after years of hatred, the 10 older brothers decided to put their brother to death. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't conceive of this. This is not a fairy tale. This is not make believe. This is not believe it or not. These brothers, all 10 of them decided that they were going to put their brother to death to death. But instead of doing that, the way God has his hands in things, he allowed them to take Joseph, strip him of his clothing and throw him into a cistern. Now I'm going to get where you need to go, but I, I just need to lay a foundation. A cistern is either dug down in the ground. Okay. Or it could be above the ground, but it's a big vessel or a big hole in order to gather water. So what they did was they took their younger brother and threw him into the cistern and <laughs> praise God, there was no, Scripture said there was no water in there. Amen. There, were, Amen. there was no water in there. Yeah. So as they, this blows my mind. Scripture says they sat down to eat their lunch while they got the brother in the cistern. Can you imagine? He's in that cistern and he's crying and he's begging and he's pleading with his brothers, don't do this to me, don't do this And they're sitting down with their sandwiches eating their meal. Mm. What does that show you? It shows you that the years of hatred, the years of, of feeling like they were being slighted had was so ingrained inside of their heart that it was impossible for them to feel compassion Amen. Mm. No. Yeah. It was impossible for them to feel compassion for their brother. So at any rate, they put him in a cistern and then Judah, (laughs) the older brother says, well, wait a minute, here comes a caravan. Y'all know what a caravan is. It's it's like a whole bunch of donkeys and mules and camels and that's how they transported things from one. So a caravan was coming by. and, And Judah says, well, what's the point of us killing him and hiding his death? Why don't we sell him? At least make some money from it. And scripture tells us that he was sold for 20 pieces of silver. Now, just as a little side mark, Joseph is often referred to or compared to our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ because Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Both of them were the price of a slave. So Joseph is sold for 20 pieces of silver. Brothers and sisters in Christ. I want you to know right now that God is beginning to use a process in order to bring Joseph to the place that he will learn to trust God. No, you didn't get that. Yeah. God is using this situation. He is putting Joseph in a place in a bad place. He's putting Joseph between a rock and a hard place. He's putting Joseph in a place that none of us would ever want to be. Uh, yes. This young man lost everything in one day. He lost his father. Yes. He lost his brothers. Yes. He lost all of his family. He lost everything in one day. Not in a process of time, but he lost everything at one day. And what is God doing? God is putting him in a situation where, where he's going to have to learn to trust in God if he's going to make it. Brothers and sisters in Christ, my son just gave his testimony before we started preaching and all this other kind of stuff. But I want you to understand that sometimes a hard place that you're in, sometimes a difficult place that you're in, God has designed that place in order for you to learn how to trust him. Because I want you to understand, trust is not something that you just get. There's no injection that you get. Trust comes from experience, from trying a situation. Okay, so God is starting this journey in his life to bring him to a place of trust. I want you to know that Joseph, when he was sold, that he was sold by the Midianites to the Ishmaelites, And scripture says, okay, scripture says that uh, God is placing Joseph, I'm jumping in my mind, God is now placing Joseph in a furnace, in a furnace of hard times, in a furnace where when he comes out, that it's going to come out pure gold, it's going to come out trust. Okay, I need you to look in your Bibles again, uh, Genesis 39, stay with me. We're going to be looking at scripture because I'm going to be just telling you a story today. I'm just going to tell you a story and we're going to go home, okay? Uh, Genesis 39, we're going to look at verse 1 first, okay? You got to speak to me, Lord. Stay in Genesis and you won't get lost, okay? Now, Joseph was taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian, was one of the Pharaoh's officials. The captain of the guard bought him from the Israelites who had taken him there. Now, I want you to understand this. I got to get this from your head to your heart. Joseph had traveled with the Midianites and then the Midianites had sold him to the Israelites. I want you to understand that when Joseph is walking down this trail, that nine out of ten times he's in chains. I want you to understand that his feet are probably in some kind of bondage. I want you to understand that when he was walking on this journey, this spoiled, self-centered child, this child was his father's favorite, and he would snitch on his brother. I want you to understand, as he walked that journey, something started taking place inside of him. How do I know that? Because you know it was three hundred miles mm. from where he was picked up at Dothan to Egypt. Mm. Three hundred miles. Three not riding on the back of a donkey, but riding on the back of a donkey. It would have took you ten days, okay? But walking by foot, can you imagine three hundred? Can you imagine his feet? Mm-hmm. Mm being raw and burned and all of this. I want you to know that God was doing something inside of Joseph because he had to take that self-centered spirit out of him that he had been raised with Mm. and start to develop in him the trust that he was going to need. I want you to understand that when he got to Egypt, watch what happens. When he got to Egypt, scripture says he was bought by one of the pharaoh's uh, uh, officials. He was bought by the captain of the guard, and he was given a job of working inside of the uh, Potiphar's house. What does that tell you? What is the first point that we can learn from Joseph when he gets to Egypt and Potiphar sees him and buys him. There had to have been something going on inside of Joseph. You you got to understand that as he walked those three hundred miles, some of that insolence that he had, you understand, some of that you know I deserve this, and some of the privilege that he had before, has started to fall off. So he has come to a place that when he is brought before this man on the uh uh, well, thank you Lord, on the block where they sell the slaves, that the partifier. Pot- Buys him and makes him uh, 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 puts him inside of his house to work. What does that teach you? That teaches you that when Joseph got there, he didn't was not insolent, he was not angry, he was not being, you know, uh, complaining, whatever. Joseph was presenting himself in the way that a man should present himself, and because of that, uh, Potiphar. Bought him to work in his house and not in his fields. He bought him to work in his house. So there had to have been a change. I'm telling you a story. Just hang on. There had to be a change that was going on inside of him. Remember, Joseph was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And all this time, he had been raised in a Hebrew house. He had been taught about God. He had been taught that he was a a blood covenant child. He had been taught that God was his refuge and his redeemer, that God would be with him in the time of trouble. And what is he doing with all of the knowledge that God has given to him? God is saying, Desiree, you got a choice now. You're either going to stand on the word or you're going to turn your back on the word and say it hasn't worked for me thus far. He had a choice to make, y'all, to either stand on the word Okay, or either turn his how many times when we get between a rock and a hard place. The first thing we want to do is point our fingers and start blaming God for the situation that we're (coughs) that we're in. But God says, I'm trying to build something inside of you. I'm trying to develop something inside of you. In order to develop something inside of you, I got to do away with a whole bunch of the mess that's inside of you. And God is doing this for Joseph. What does it say? It says that he went to work in Potiphar's house. God is teaching him What it means to trust in the Lord because he carries himself in such a way that Potiphar is attracted to him. Mm -hmm. Why would he uh, be attracted to him? I believe that one of the reasons that he was attracted to him was because Joseph continued to do good in the midst of a bad situation. Joseph continued to do good in the midst of a bad situation. Joseph continued to carry himself as a child of God, even though he was only 17 in the midst of a bad situation. God says, when he's trying to develop trust, he said, first of all, you got to know what trust means. Trust is a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the strength of someone or something. Do you think God is trustworthy? Amen. Do you believe that God is trustworthy? If you believe that God is trustworthy, then when you're between a rock and a hard place, then yes. you're not going to turn your back on God. Yes. You're not going to turn your back on God. You're not going to go back to that old way of life when you talk about what God has delivered you from. And let me t- let me just say this. Whenever God delivers you from something, you can believe that Satan is going to bring a temptation oh, in where it is easier for you to do what you, you know, <laughs> Before you said you wasn't going to do it anymore. He's going to open a door. He's going to make a way. He's going to make it so easy and so slick. That you can go and you can gamble again. Or you can go and you can watch porn again. Or you can go and you can do this anytime you decide you're not going to do something. You can believe that Satan is going to make it easy for you to get in there. So what does Joseph do? Joseph is doing good. In the midst of a bad situation. Amen. Or in other words, Joseph is saying that even though I'm between a rock and a hard place, I'm not going to live a life of complaining against Almighty God. Amen. Joseph Amen. learned something that he, God wants you to learn. Amen. Turn to Philippians 4, 11, 13. Okay? Joseph showed that he trusted in God, not just because of what he said, but what he does. You got to get that from your head to your heart. Trusting in God is not by, you, by what you say out of your mouth, but by what you do. Trusting in God. Did y'all get that? Amen. It's not by, about what you say out of your mouth. I trust God. Mm-hmm. Trusting in God is defined by what you do. Amen. 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 Philippians 4, 11 to 13. 11 to 13. Philippians 4, 11 to 13. You have it? Speak to me, Lord. Give me the page number for any... 953. 953. Everybody have it? Amen. Okay. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. Amen. I know what it is to be in need Amen. and I know what it is to have plenty. Amen. I've learned the secret of being content. In any and every situation Whether well fed Or hungry Whether slave Or free Whether living in plenty Or in need I can do all things Through Christ We always learn that last verse I can do all Yes I can do all things Through Christ But look what is hooked to what is hooked Is It's hooked to the fact that no matter what situation I am in, I am going to be content until my God decides to turn that situation around. I'm going to be content. Yes. Until God, he says, I know what it means to be hungry. Yes. I'm not rejoicing in the fact of being hungry, but I know what it means to being hungry. Why? Because I know when I was hungry, my God was going to make a way out. I can do all things. I know what it means to have plenty. I know what it means to have money in the bank, but I know what it means not to have two nickels to rub together. And I can still be content. Yes. Because I know my God is in control. That's what learning trust is. Trust is what you do, not just what you think in your mind. Joseph is learning to trust God by, set, by doing, continuing to do good in the midst of a bad situation. I don't know what your situations are in life. I don't know everybody's in his situation. I mean, I know you all, and you, we would love each other and all that, but I don't know that deep down stuff. You know that mm-hmm. that gut stuff that only you and God knows. Mm-hmm. You, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't need to know. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know. But God told me that when you're in the middle of a bad situation, mm-hmm. Michael, you continue to do good. Hallelujah. When you're in the mid, middle of a bad situation, continue to do good to those who don't this, uh, thank you, Lord. Who despitefully use you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Continue to do good. Watch. Okay, and watch what God does. Yes. Amen. Joseph is in a furnace, uh, learning uh, how to be shaped and uh, uh, learning how to trust God all the way through. Okay, all right. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The next one is okay. Genesis thirty-nine, verse two. Stay in the same chapter. Let me just say this. If you're in a bad place, you. you cannot say that you're trusting God if you're constantly grum- grumbling and complaining about where you are mm-hmm. and about what is going on. You. You're nullifying the trust mm-hmm. that you say you have. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? Genesis 39.2. Now, I, I, this is in Bible study, so I'm not going to ask you, but I, I wish it was because I would love to hear your response. Verse 2, you with me? Thank you, Lord. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. Mm. Now, he's a slave, but he said, you know how they used to have uh, uh, slaves that worked in the house and they called them house whatever and fill whatever. Mm. Okay, Joseph lives in the house. All right. Mm. And it says that he prospered. It says when his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Mm. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his personal attendant. Before he was just working in the house. Before he was just working in the house, y'all. Now he is his personal attendant. So the question that came to my mind when I read this, how did Potiphar see that God was with Joseph? That's what it says here. It says the Lord was with Joseph and when the master saw, when the master saw that the Lord was with him, when the master saw that the Lord was with him, when the master saw that God was with him, then, you know, he made him his person. How did he see? How did he say, how can I see that God is with you? How can you see that God is with me? How did Potiphar see that God was with Joseph? Okay. <laughs> Amen. I'll tell you what God gave me. Okay. I want you to remember if people would ask you that or ask me that, you some people may say, well, I can see God is with her. Because look at her age, and she's doing this, that, and the other. Uh, look at what she's able to, uh, uh, is able to do in her life. Or she's got a home. and So God is blessing her. She's got a car. But I want you to remember, Joseph is a slave. He don't have a home of his own. He doesn't have a chariot of his own. Mm. Matter of fact Joseph's in a strange land that don't even talk his language they have to use an interpreter because as you read the story all the way at the end he had to learn how to speak Egyptian Mm. so how is it possibly that he could see that God was with him when he had no material possessions no family, no nothing how did he say it? he He, continued to do good Okay, he continued to work in the way that God called him to work, even though he was not working to prosper himself. And as we read this scripture, you'll see that it was Potiphar that was prospered. By everything that Joseph did mm. it was Potiphar that got all the material possessions and so on and so forth it was not Joseph but what did Potiphar see Joseph saw. Um, Potiphar saw that when Joseph worked that he didn't just do good when Potiphar was there watching him mm. Mm. he didn't just do good when the other slaves were around and he didn't just do good when he was going to get the praise he did good because of who he was and who he served. I want you to do. Uh, sit, look at this one scripture, uh, Colossians 3.23. Joseph learned something in this furnace of trust. He learned something as God is painting this portrait for us. Joseph learned something that each and every one of us need to learn to do. Colossians 3.23. Make sure you keep gen- Genesis open. Make sure you keep Genesis open, because we're going to stay in there. Amen? Colossians three twenty three. You have it. Speak to me, Lord. This is this is something God wants you to get from your head to your heart. In the year of twenty twenty three, in the year of twenty twenty three, where you are have to learn to trust God. Amen. Okay, when you're going to sometimes be in a place that is not a place that you're going to want to be in. Amen. God said in the year of 2023, you got to know Colossians 3.23 by heart where it says, whatever you do, yeah. work at it with all your heart. Yes. Working for the Lord yes. and not for human masters. Amen. Amen. You see that? Amen. That's how Potiphar saw that God was with Joseph. Amen. Because whatever Joseph did, he did it with enthusiasm. He did it with pot. One thing, thank you, Lord. He did it in order to show that he was not. I, I can't even think of the word, but to show that he knew who he was. He did it. As if he was doing it for Almighty God. Amen. When you're on your job, yes. Yes. don't just do a good job when your boss is there. That's right. That's don't right. don't be slipping and sliding, That's sneaking right. and hiding Amen. and putting this in your pocket and all this Amen. other kind of stuff. God said, Don't you know who you represent? Amen. You represent me. That's right. Okay. You represent, and yes, the sermons are made to cut. I'm sorry, but that's the way the word of God does. I don't write the word of God. God writes the word of God. You get upset with me by giving you what the word says. When you want to get upset with anybody, you need to get upset with God. Okay, because you're not going to find Joanne's name anywhere in Scripture. God says, whatever you do, do do. it with all your heart. Mm -hmm. Working for the Lord and not for masters. What else? We're almost finished. Go back to Genesis 39, verse 4. Genesis 39, portrait of trust. We're looking at a man who learned to trust. Now, this next one, I hope and pray, is going to touch your heart. Potiphar, I, I, I think I'm saying it right. Verse 4, you got it? Yeah, speak to me, Lord. Potiphar put him in charge. Look at this. Not only was his own personal attendant, but he put him in charge of his household. Mm -hmm. And he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the house Mm. of the Egyptian Mm. because of Joseph. Do you see how your enemy can be blessed simply because you're there? You're in people, other people, the yeah. people in your job and your yeah. office and whatever your your uh, site where you got. They're blessed because you are there. Yes. They think they're yeah. blessed because the company Hallelujah. is doing this. Yes. And the yeah. com- God said, no, uh, 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 Katrina, they're blessed because you're there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. said everything that happened, police, <laughs> that yeah. they were blessed because yeah. he was there. Look at this. The blessing was on everything Potiphar had. Yeah. Both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. This 70s, probably like 18, 19, 20 by now, because some years have gone by. Okay. But God put everything in Joseph's care. He did not concern him with himself with anything except the food that he ate. What can we learn from this? What can you oh, We're we gonna learn a whole lot. But there's only so much time, and you know how that goes, okay? But what we can learn to this. Is the fact that when you trust God You have got to be trustworthy yourself yeah. If you say that you trust God What does it say It says Pharaoh I mean the Potiphar Entrusted him Entrusted him With everything that he earned God said can you be trusted Can you can you be trusted In order to say that you trust God You have got to be a person That can be trusted yourself Your family can trust in you. Your family can depend on you. Your employer can uh, trust you. When people give you their things and say, uh, invest this for me or invest that, instead of you sneaking and jiving and whatever, trying to take some of the money off the top, whatever is somebody else's, you don't touch it. If it belongs to somebody else, keep your hands off of it. If it belongs to somebody else, Keep your hands off of yeah. God. Said you cannot be counted saying that you trust God, Gail, if you cannot be trust, trusted yourself. Amen. And God said, The thing that you need to think about more than can your family trust you and your boss, God said, Can He trust you? Amen. Amen. When you, when you make a, a promise to Him, mm-hmm. when you make a, a commitment to Him. When you say you're going to do this, and you say you're going to, can God trust you to do what you say that you're going to do? Yes. You can't say you trust God if you cannot be trusted yourself. Uh-huh. Do you understand that? Yeah. All right, God blessed him so that Potiphar put everything. Everything he owned. Said the only thing Potiphar cared about or took care of himself was the food that he was going to eat. Everything else. This young slave boy Mm -hmm. that came from a dysfunctional family, that came from a family that the brothers wanted to put him to death. Mm. God had his hand. On this young man. Even though he was between a rock and a hard place. God took the situation and turned it around. He didn't take him out of it. Not yet. Because he's still doing some stuff. But he took it and he turned it around. It's not what we sang in that song this morning. Come Jesus, turn it around. Amen. Okay, let's get ready to go on. And this one you're going to get ready to go home with. All right. 6b same chapter 39 6b no gregory this is not talking about you it says joseph was well built and handsome (laughs) i just thought i put a little i thought i put a little humor in there you know a little humor is always good is that what you said michael didn't you tell me gotta have a little humor that's what michael told me now joseph was was well built and handsome and after a while, I don't, I, I'd like to know how long he lived there, but, you know, God, God can have years go by in one, one sentence. You don't even know it. After a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come on, honey, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he is entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then should I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Amen. Although she spoke to Joseph every day, she was hot for this guy. He refused to go to bed with her or even be with her, which means he didn't even want to be in the same room with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties, Mm -hmm. and none of the household servants were there. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her her head and ran out of the house. He ran out of the house. Some scripture says he fled like he was fleeing for his very life. He left his coat. He said, you can hold on to that coat, but you you ain't going to hold on to me. And he runs out of the house. What is Satan doing? Whenever you start being blessed and used by God, young people. Any of y'all in here, you start being blessed and used by God, please do not think that Satan is going to take it lightly. So what does he do? He brings a temptation that most young men would just die to enter into, having an affair with an older woman. There's something about young men. They like to have affairs with older women. They call them cougars and all this. Yeah, all this other kind of stuff, right? So what is he doing? He's tempting Joseph, in an area that most young men would be weak in. Mm. What does he do with you? He tempts you in areas that he knows that you're weak in. Brothers and sisters, identify it. Uh Identify it when it comes. Okay, Scripture says that when he was tempted, the Joseph said, oh no, no. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Uh uh-uh. What I love about this, not only the fact that he fled from it, but he ran. He says, how could I do such a wicked thing against God? How can I? He didn't say against my master, Uh Uh okay? Mm -hmm. Which it would have been against his master because he had been kind to him. But Joseph's function, God is teaching him to trust him. Mm -hmm. God is teaching him to put him first in his life. And Satan can tempt you with the thing that you know that you want to do more than anything Uh, else. But you got to know that when you commit it, Mm. you're committing that sin against almighty God. So what is the point that we can learn Mm. from this? The point that we can learn from this is not only... That when you learn to be trust uh, when you're being saying you're trusting God, that you gotta be trustworthy. Amen. God says, Adrian, not only do you have to be trustworthy, but you gotta have integrity. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. You gotta have to, do you know what integrity means? Yes. Amen. You gotta do the right thing. <laughs> Integrity means the quality of being honest yes. and having strong moral principles. Amen. Having strong moral pre- I'm going to be trustworthy I want God to trust me But I got to be a woman of integrity and do, right when and do what's right when nobody's looking Amen Do what's good when I'm in a bad situation Be a blessing when other people are not blessing me That's it Being a blessing when other people are not blessing me God says he wants you to have integrity. Do you have integrity? Strong, moral character. Are you walking in integrity? Is there integrity in your life? God says not only does he want you to be trustworthy, he wants you to be a woman, a man of integrity. That you say when I sin, I'm not sinning against anybody else. But I'm sitting against the God that I say I serve. Amen. The last scripture, and I'm gonna take you home. Verse sixteen. I know today was a little long, but I'm, I'm not apologizing. I'm just telling you. Verse sixteen. She kept. This is the wife now. This is a conniving woman. She kept his cloak beside her until his master got home. Now, she in there probably stretched out on the bed and got her hair all disheveled. And her, oh, 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 okay, okay. Then she, she told him this story. That Hebrew slave. Look, she, she, he, she labeling him now. That Hebrew, you know, that, that black so-and-so you bought in my house, that white so-and-so that you did. That Hebrew slave. Okay. That you brought home. She said, came to me and made, tried to make sport of me. Tried to make sport of me. (laughs) Do you like that? (laughs) But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. Mm -hmm. When the master heard the story his wife told him, Mm -hmm. saying, this is how your slave you want my slave? Yeah. This is how your slave yeah. treated me. Mm-hmm. He burned with anger. I, 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 I'm a little upset with Potiphar <laughs> yeah. because I feel like after all of this and how Joseph had always, you know, that he would have given him at least some kind of a hearing or something, but he got—he believed his wife. He believed his wife, and and we should believe our mates. But God doesn't call us to be stupid, doesn't he? He said we're to be wise as serpents, right? And harmless as doves. Okay, he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Look at this. Joseph finds himself in prison. He was unjustly treated. By his brothers when they sold him to, into slavery. Now he's unjustly treated by his employer mm. because of the, a lie of a scorned woman. Mm. Okay. This young man that scripture loudly says the Lord was with him mm. has been unjustly in prison. What in the world is going on? Come back next week. And continue to look as God paints. <laughs> as God paints this portrait of trust using this young man. <laughs> using this young man called Joseph. Amen. <laughs> I'm glad that y'all feel that way. That's, that's good. That means you're, you're into it. Okay, that's a good thing. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All heads bowed. And our eyes closed. Go ahead, Beck. Come on, Tyro. Go ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we come to you in the precious, holy, and righteous name of Jesus. <laughs> Lord, I I knew that you had a word for your people, and I knew that it was going to make a difference. And I know, you know, whenever you want me to do something, there's always going to be something trying to stop me or coming up against me. But Lord God, I thank you that you are in control. I thank you, Lord God. To I I, I just sit in awe when you choose to use me. I love you, Lord. Lord, Lord, I'm asking as the song gets ready to be played, Adrian. As the song is played, that if anyone here wants to recommit their life to Christ, Thank you, you want to just make a commitment that you're going to walk closer to the Lord, yes, anything. Lord. God, yes. That you will just bow your heads and close your eyes and do it at this time. Yes. Lord. I want you to listen to the words of this song. This is a new song. I love this song because the words. You know a lot of times things are not, but I love the words in this. Portrait of Trust. Mm-hmm. Love that. The year 2023. That's how God wants you to see Him. The whole earth is filled.